Welcome back to a brand new episode. I am your host, Fluid Flower. What is good, y'all? Yes, I know I've been gone for like a year, a year and a half almost. But you know what? It's not my fault. It's not my fault that... (laughs) It's not my fault that I've been gone. I mean, it is, but not really. Pretty much, let me tell you, I'm going to just tell you what happened. This is the comeback episode. My goal is to have an episode, a new episode for you every week. That's my goal, right? I'm going to have this new episode for you every week, talking about different things. It's more of a freestyle format. I'm not going to read my short stories anymore. I'm still going to write them, but I'm just going to post those to the website. And then hopefully, eventually, this book that I've been talking about writing for 17 million eons, um, (laughs) I will have something written by the end of the year, maybe next year, but you know, we don't know. The point is, I'm back, I'm still black, and let's start the show. Okay, so where have I been? This is what's been going on. Literally, we're in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) I I think I talked to you all in the last episode um, about where I've been and that update and just sort of like going through this grief and this period of grieving and not understanding like literally how much damage uh, that has been done to me throughout my life. And then I think, you know, the death of my father really just amped all of that up. And so I have been just doing soul searching. I have been doing what the girlies on TikTok call it shadow work, just trying to heal myself and undo all of this trauma that I have been, that I have fucking gone through. And it's just absolutely crazy. I don't know if you guys knew this, but I did quit my job as office manager at the one job that I had. Um, not only did I quit, I, wa- I worked briefly at a call center. Quit that job. Because <laughs> um, that job was fucking horrible. And I have episodes about that call center job. So stay tuned. Um, uh, yes, because about those episodes, um, when I said I want to have my goals of giving you a new episode every um, every week, I've already recorded like 20 episodes. Um, one thing that I, I say, I'm a lot and that's fine. Am I going to take the ums out? Probably not. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah, this is my, this is my first time getting back into it, but yeah, I think something that will help me with my goals is to, I have already recorded an episode every week. So my job is that I simply just have to edit it. Some of it will be out of order. You'll hear things, you know, um, that have like already happened. I've already touched on it, but I just wanted to, again, you know, to give my fluid thoughts because it's your girl fluid flower. But yeah, quit my office manager job, quit the call center job, um, and now have a new job that I am fully remote, work from home, <laughs> and your girl moved into her own apartment. Hey, I'm literally recording this episode in this expensive ass apartment that I cannot fucking afford. Cause baby, we gonna we gonna talk about inflation. We gonna talk about Joe Biden, Joe Biden. We gonna talk about this motherfucker child. We're going to talk about everything, maybe not in this episode, but just throughout the course of all the episodes, we're going to talk about it. 
But yes, um, I'm in this new apartment and I think touching back on what I was saying about not understanding how much damage I had been done, I have literally had a mental breakdown (laughs) almost like every single day that I've been living here on my own. Not only do I freak out about money and finances because literally I make just enough to be broke. This is the most money I've ever made. I make 48K. So in Texas, that is a living wage. But with inflation, I don't really feel like I'm living all that much. I feel like I'm surviving. Most of my money goes to rent. Then when I get paid again on the 15th, it's like 14 days of waiting uh, to pay car note and then having just enough for groceries and to be broke. And once I put do groceries, I can't go outside. I can't, not that I still can, not that I can still go outside because, I mean, it's still a whole ass pandemic. You got the Omicron BA2. Um, the government said they don't have no more money to pay for everybody's boosters. And so if you don't have health insurance, you know, you you just on your own paying out of pocket for shit like that. It's motherfucking crazy out here. So I just be thinking in my room at two o'clock in the morning and just full of tears, just crying. Cause I'm like, God, how am I going to eat? How am I going to, <laughs> how am I going to survive and see these next 14 days? Then I have to think about groceries, right? Cause a lot of my money goes to groceries. Y'all know, I don't know if I revealed this to you guys on that last episode, but the other things that I was going through was my health journey. In June of 2021, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and endometriosis. I have been hospitalized for endometriosis four times last year. I have a 12 centimeter cyst on my left ovary and a 4.7 centimeter cyst on my right ovary, which ruptured landing me in the hospital multiple times. I've been on birth control, depot shot. I done failed depot, the insurance denying Lupron. They don't want to, it is just absolutely fucking insane. So not only have I just been battling health um, issues, which, which, you know, which make me high risk, which is why I haven't gone to, I don't do nothing. So in the grand scheme of things, technically I'm saving money by not going outside being a hot girl. But sometimes you do want to be a hot girl. Sometimes you just want to go see your friends. Sometimes you want to take a cooking class, a painting class. You want to go do things. But I can't do those things because, again, I'm high risk. I'm type 2 diabetic, endometriosis. I have asthma. I developed acute anemia. Like, your girl just been going through it. I have what I call uh, endometriosis flare-ups. I don't know if that's the proper term, but sometimes, like, out of nowhere, typically when it's the time when I'm supposed to start my period, I will uh have pelvic pain and the cysts will be pulsating to the point where I can't walk had one flare up in February it was much much lower than the other one so I didn't have to go to the to the hospital in February because let me tell you something these ER rooms are absolute fucking nightmares I went I was hospitalized November 2nd and November 18th each time I went I was in the waiting room for over eight hours in the ER waiting room The second time I went on the 18th and I actually had to end up staying in the hospital for about three days. I was in the hospital. I was in the ER. I wasn't seen until 3 a.m. I got there at 11 a.m. because my doctor's office, my OBGYN is in the hospital. They were like, hey, you're in too much pain to give a pelvic exam. We can't do ultrasounds on you because you're in too much pain. We're going to wheel you down to the ER. 
They wheeled me to the ER. I was throwing up. I was in so much pain. I told the I told the lady, I said, hey, I need ultrasound for them to give me a needle. The lady who gave me the ultrasound, she jabbed the needle in my arm, like in a very weird place. And she was moving it around and she was so mean. It was such a horrible fucking experience. I don't know if it has anything to do with COVID, but there is also the issue that the ER nurses and the nursing staff, they were making us use the restroom in the COVID unit, telling us that we couldn't go into the non-COVID area. To, it was like, I was like, I don't have COVID. Like, they ask you all the questions. They don't do any testing, so people can lie. So they were making everybody use the restroom in the COVID unit. And then the people from the COVID unit were coming over without masks. I need a room. I just remember this six foot nine, huge white man screaming that he needed a room. And I was like, bro, you have COVID. Like, go back in the fucking room. So that was happening. One of the cool things that I've, that I've had that out of this all have experienced is um, I have got my, my diabetes under control, was able to like lower my A1C from like, it was 12, it was like 11.9, it was really high. And I've lowered it down to 6.1. But like I said, well, you don't have no fucking money. You can't continue to like eat fresh fruits and vegetables and do lean proteins because it's, it is cheaper to consume carbs. So like, damn, I'm like, what am I going to eat this week? And that's been happening, um, you know, because my apartment has increased the the fees in some of the areas, which I didn't know that they could legally do. So I'm like, instead of paying my my regular money that I pay, I'm like paying 20 extra dollars. And then, of course, inflation. I know I'm talking in circles, but that's why the whole show is called Fluid Thoughts, because I go everywhere, just keep up. We got it. We're going we gonna to do it. I'm going to get it together. You can get it together. We're going to be together, okay? Inflation is up. Spinach costs $3. I bought a pack of water from Costco, and it was $4. Costco water ain't never been more than $2.95. And then in the recent months, I've seen it go to like $3.00. but it was $3.99 when I got it on Friday. And I'm like, damn. And so that little one, two, three dollars on everything you get to the register when you go to H-E-B, Kroger, wherever you shop, that shit really motherfucking adds up. You're spending an additional 20, 40, 60, 100 dollars a week on groceries because your staple items that you pay for or that you need to fucking survive and to fucking eat to have this low glycemic index diet are through the fucking roof and so it was like damn it's almost cheaper for me to just like eat like a regular meal full of more carbs than to like count my carbs and watch my carbs because you're doing low glycemic index to help control your your type 2 diabetes and control your sugars so I'm like this is just absolutely fucking outrageous my doctor I I had to switch doctors because I had made a request to my current primary care provider I was like hey girl let me, can you prescribe me them second gen nano needles? Because I get severe anxiety having to jam and prick myself to either give myself insulin or prick myself to check my sugar. And she was like, okay, I'm gonna only give you 50 because you need to come in uh, and we need to run numbers. And I'm, she was like, I'm not gonna prescribe you anything else after this. And I'm like, you didn't have to give me all that motherfucking smoke through to my chart. Bitch, your job is not that serious. It's a either yes or no. You sitting here trying to sit here, get smoke with me 
and get attitude with me over the motherfucking march chart now yes i understand it's hard to interpret tone but i didn't like that shit bitch i'm the patient if i say i need something because these other needles hurt and i'm having panic attacks and i'm getting stick injuries because i'm in so much pain trying to give myself this medicine why are you sitting up here coming up with all the heat and all the smoke that i need to come in for an appointment baby i switch doctors please and now i get what i need and and not even really because i have yes i have health insurance but the health insurance is really fucking shitty so i've been dealing with that shit i ask something from the insurance they deny it and they give me something generic that doesn't work as well so i'm like fuck i gotta deal with that shit so i'm like okay sitting in my room doing nothing with your life sit down <laughs> no but so i'm sitting in my room one morning and i just start weeping and i was like god i really feel like a lot of my struggles wouldn't be as struggles if I just have fucking money. And so for that's I feel like for a long time, me personally, why I'm just like, oh, I'm going to marry somebody rich or I want to be a millionaire. But OK, I'm a person who's like I am attempting or wanting to be a communist. So, you know, by my ethics, by morals, I can't be no motherfucking millionaire because that causes exploitation. I'm trying to stop the exploitation in the world. I also don't want to necessarily marry rich because that comes with its own thing because motherfuckers feel like they control you. And I'm say, I'm going to say this right now. You can't control me. <laughs> you can't control me. Um. So, yeah, then it's a lot of the, the, the mental aspect of it, dealing with disabilities and chronic illness. Like you blame yourself for so much because we live in this fucking capitalist, ableist world that is like. You need to be productive at all times in order for you to have value. Okay, well, my coochie about to fall off the bone, so I I can't move. I was literally sitting in my bed in February. Like, one day I just felt like a really sharp pain, and I was like, oh, let me just lay down. And I didn't get up for like four or five days. I had to call my mama. She had to clean my whole house. I was taking Tylenol, taking like 1,000 milligrams of Tylenol every four hours. The Tylenol wasn't fucking working. I was taking ibuprofen. The 800 wasn't working, so I had to take up the uh, 1,000. And then, you know, when you have uh, chronic illnesses, it's really not good for you to take, specifically diabetes. When you have diabetes, it's not really good for you to take ibuprofen because that shit fucks with your liver. So I'm like, but fuck, it's either I fuck up my liver or I go to the emergency room and they just give me tramadol, which don't fucking work. And then they give me fentanyl, which don't fucking work until I get some motherfucking morphine. And I'm just like, damn, like, I'm so sick. I'm so tired of this bullshit. So I've been, you know, going to appointments, doctor appointments here and there. Everyone's like, I'm on like this high dosage of, of, of uh, birth control that's put me in medically induced menopause. And so, like, I'm just going through it, like, literally, in the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I think one of my goals that I had made for this year was I wanted to get a second work-from-home job. And I'm like, bitch, that's not even feasible because you can't barely work your first job because your ass sit up here with a, a, a boiling coochie <laughs> in your bed. You got a boiling uterus sitting in your bed, and you can't go nowhere. You can't do nothing because you're in fucking pain. And then... Um, not only am I in pain, but I got the depot shot in December, got the depot shot in December on December 14th, I believe y'all. Cause I moved to my apartment December 7th, got the depot shot December 14th from December 14th until 
when did I start this new round of birth control? I think I'm on I'm on the last pack, so two months ago. So from December, January, February, March. So the end of March. Y'all, I was bleeding, like hemorrhaging every single day from December to March when I started the new round of birth control after I failed my depot. Because that's why I failed it, because the depot just made me bleed. And I know this is like TMI and I'm a, I don't know if I'm a trigger warning or whatever, but I was basically every, every time you go to the restroom, it's a murder scene. So sure, I don't have to pop a birth control pill every day, but I'm bleeding every single day. Then I'm not eating a lot of carbs. And so that's where the anemia comes from. Cause my iron is like so low. Then you got, if you got low iron, your, your blood not functioning right. So I'm tired all the time. I'm cranky. I'm just like not in the mood. Like, can't move can't do anything and I'm just like damn how am I supposed to get like a second job to to make more money because that was my whole thing right I was like I need to make more money to make this money like I'm not trying to live like this forever you know what I'm saying like great I got my own apartment I can like live by myself I can like explore things by myself I can do the healing that is absolutely necessary because y'all all know what it's like when you don't have your own space and you don't have things to yourself and you are constantly worried about other people, other beings, it's very difficult to deal with that kind of stuff. It's just like, I just kept trying to push past it, push past it, push past it. But living by yourself, living by myself, I have had to deal with the fact that some of my aspirations, some of, some of my goals are still very much so rooted in capitalism because it's like, why do you need to, you already work 40 plus hours a week. Sometimes you work on the weekends. Why do you feel the need to sit up here and get a second job? Don't make no sense, but you know, those aren't my goals anymore because we live and we learn. So yeah, there was that whole aspect of it. And then, like I said before, like the mental aspect of it, feeling like nobody is hearing me. I feel like I have to repeat myself to close friends and family members when they ask me what's going on. And you know, they're, they're doing their best. They're doing their best. They're just trying to help out, trying to see, you know, what it is that they can do to help me. And they start asking me questions. Oh, well, like, when do you think you'll be, you know, off your insulin? Or do you, do, are you going to have to have surgery? Well, one, I may never be off insulin because that's not how chronic illness works. This whole journey of like this health journey has taught me that a lot of people, even the people we love don't have an understanding of like actual health and wellness because they we get everything from the health and fitness industry, which is not doctors. We get everything from the health and fitness industry and we apply those stereotypes to our lives when it's like that shit is so fucking harmful. Like we have no clue how how harmful that is. To ask me, I've had multiple family members ask me like, when am I going to get off the insulin? Because I saw this one episode of something on YouTube or this one TikTok channel or Instagram channel of this person, um, you know, they reversed their diabetes. Well, first of all, chronic illness is never reversed. You just find ways to manage it. And the thing about chronic illness is that when you age, the shit can get worse. So sure, let's say there, there is possibility because I talked to my endocrinologist already. He's like, hey, you're doing really well. Um, you know, in a year or so, you know, you could be off of the insulin and we just, you know, check your sugars and check your A1C every three months to just make sure everything is okay. But I would still be able to get insulin because, again, you're diabetic. You never know what could happen. We are seeing right now in real time a link between 
children and i'll link the articles uh in the show notes we're seeing a real time link because covid is a mass disabling mass death event children who had contracted covid19 develop not only chronic fatigue syndrome but also develop type 1 and type 2 diabetes but more so type 2 diabetes because there's a link between vascular disease and um because covid is vascular not just respiratory it can affect every organ in, in the body there's a link between vascular disease and developing chronic illness there's so many things that we as general population people who are not in like these public health spaces or who don't attend med school and we don't have this information we just go off of old wives tales and things that we see on social media because someone looks like they're the picture of health people who i love dearly and if they ever hear this know that i'm not mad at you but understand that it is so daunting to go through that and have like your chronic illness thrown in your face and almost as if it's your fault for getting this chronic illness and it's that too has been so hard because i blame myself every day I follow a lot of diabetes content creators on TikTok and one of the ladies I'll link the I'll link her TikTok below cuz she's a registered dietitian and she also herself is diabetic. Um she talks about how people who have uh, uh type 2 diabetes are like more likely to deal with mental illness in terms of depression and um eating disorders because they often because type 2 diabetes is so stigmatized they often blame themselves because society is already blaming you and it's like damn so it's my fault for being fat it's my fault for getting diabetes it's my fault for not taking care of myself and it's like damn like bro like chill out like you really just like you you have there's so much unlearning that I had to do because I was like every single day like trying to push myself to be in this goal of oh well you well don't eat this because you know you want to you know lower your blood sugars like days where I was literally starving myself and trying to eat only one to two meals a day so that I can be in caloric deficit and start losing weight and it's like you are literally hemorrhaging you need to make sure that you're putting sufficient amounts of nutrients and calories into your body. But when your understanding of health has really only things to do with aesthetically looking, you know, desirable, of course, you're, you're going to like treat your body poorly. And I was treating my body so poorly. And so I'm going through that, trying to unlearn that the hospitalizations feeling like I had nobody really to talk to. I think that was one of the biggest things about this, um, pandemic is that I have been very isolated when I quit my office manager job that was really you know like me going into the office even though I was like half office half going working from home um me going and seeing like the two or three people in IT who was there all the time right that was like my my social gathering and then I kind of gave that up and I knew that I had to give it up because I couldn't stay at that job anymore. It was so awful. Um, I kind of gave that up seeing the people that I loved seeing every single day who gave me joy because I was like, okay, cool. Like I may be going through shit at home, but at least I can go kick it with my homies um, in the office. <laughs> but I was like, okay, the COO is screaming at me in emails telling me I'm doing a horrible job as being office manager and I need to get my act together. I need to clean up the office. Like, mind you, this man just got a divorce, so he ain't had nothing to do better in his time than go manage the office. So 
he starts telling me that people are going to start going back to work and coming into the office. And I'm like, you mean the same people who don't wash their hands during when I, when we were in the, weren't in the pandemic, these same motherfuckers who don't wash their hands, don't flush the toilet. I always have to call and put in work orders because someone shit smeared shit on the walls. One time you talking about these same motherfuckers. We about to start working in person. I left that job, but I also, you know, leaving that job, I'm like leaving like, you know, my social, my social gatherings behind. Cause then I went and worked at that funky ass call center, <laughs> funky ass call center took a pay cut because they lied to me, told me that it was going to be 10,000 more than what I was making. So I would have gone from $33,000 a year to $40,000 a year. When you, when I started the job on day one, they were like, okay, so this is your pay. And I'm like 1533. I was making 1658. And they were like, oh, well, at the end of training, you'll be making the money that we promised that you would be making. So I was like, that's strike one. Strike two, you on calls back to back to back to motherfucking back. And y'all, that was my first time working in a call center. And I pray to God that it was my last because that was absolutely fucking horrible. I was in that bitch for all of two months. And then I had to put in for a family medical leave because um, I so I started the job. July 12th of 2021, I believe. I believe that was, no, July, was that a Monday? I can't remember. Yes, it was a Monday. Because that Thursday, previous July 9th, because I quit my job, my last day at the office manager job, that was July 6th. Went on vacation from July 4th weekend, and then my week, my vacation went to the 6th. And then on July 9th, that was the first time that I get hospitalized for the endo when the cyst ruptured. I was in so pain. I could not walk for a month. I was hobbling and crawling everywhere. There was one night, the night before I started that call center job, I woke up at like a five o'clock in the morning and I had to pee. And with the endometriosis and the inflammation and all the pain, um, I know this is like TMI, but obviously, you know, fluid thoughts, it has made me like a little bit incontinent. So like, I can't hold my pee because when you my bladder if my bladder is too full it will push up against the cyst and it will make it will cause me to have pain so this is the night before this is july 11th or technically july 12th at like five o'clock in the morning and i have to literally move one leg at a time i'm in so much fucking pain y'all i tried to walk Cause for a second, I, I forgot that I was like in pain cause it's like 5 a.m. I'm like delirious. I fall to my knees on the hard tile in my room, scrape up my knees and it was literally just bladder exploded everywhere. I had to call my mom. I'm, I'm trying to hold back tears. I had to call my mom at five o'clock in the morning, tell her that I peed all over the floor. It's so fucking embarrassing to be a grown woman and you can't control your bladder but there's nothing you can do about it because you're literally a literal cyst like ruptured inside of you so then that same morning like two hours later I hobbled downstairs and I got on a call um we set up our equipment and then that's when they told us that the pay wasn't what it what they had promised us when we did the interviews and I was like oh this is some motherfucking bullshit like this is I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I want this job. And what was crazy when I go back and I think when they were offering me the job in my spirit, I was like, don't take it. But I was so desperate 
to leave my office manager job, I just took it because I was like, I don't want to be here no more. And I also felt like the COO was like trying to get me fired, which he probably wouldn't have fired me because the lady who was working there, (laughs) who was supposed to be my boss, that bitch literally fucking knew nothing. This bitch knew fucking nothing. She didn't know how to do nothing. She would lie all the time. This bitch was always at home. And then come to find out two weeks after I quit, she quit. So I'm like, damn, (laughs) girl, she's a fucking mess. Um, But yeah, so I've been going through just the fucking lot. But I am in a much, much better position. Obviously, I have a new job. The pay is okay. I wish it was way, way more because I hate like this feast or famine. It's not even feast. It's like nibble or famine. (laughs) When I get paid on the last day of the month, and then you gotta get paid. You gotta pay rent on the first. Um, your whole check is gone. I got maybe like sixty dollars left over. Um, and then of course when I get paid on the fifteenth, half of that is gone because I gotta pay my car note. This shit is killing me. And I'm like, damn, how am I gonna furnish this apartment? How am I supposed to go on trips? What am I gonna do for my birthday? How am I supposed to save money? Because in the interim, you're just like. So that means technically, if I wanted to save two hundred dollars from my check on the fifteenth. I would essentially, I wouldn't be able to buy groceries. You see what I'm saying? So it's just like, and people are like, oh, you need to budget your money better. No, bitch, I just need to make more money. You know what I'm saying? Like paying rent and car note and and car insurance, that is literally my entire livelihood going to those things. And so it's just like, you, I get so depressed about that. I'll be lonely about that. I'm too proud to ask for help. Like, it's just, it it just gets to a point. But one day I just said, you know what? The universe will provide. God will provide. In this moment, one thing that I've been doing is just truly listening to myself and not being, um, trying not to get caught up in all the anxiety because anxiety is going to happen, but I don't want to get caught up in the what ifs because at the end of the day, I have fail safes. I have a family. My sister lives down the street from me. I always have the option to move back in with my mom if shit gets really, really bad. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have no fucking money. We tried, you know, doing the whole apartment thing, but maybe, maybe I just need to go move back in. And I hope that's not the case because I really am enjoying myself as being, you know, this woman coming into her being and being able to experience living by myself. Like I'm such a late bloomer. Like all of my friends have had this experience Even my little sister has had this experience. My older sister has had this experience. The experience of living on your in on your own in an apartment, no roommates, nobody shaming you uh, for eating at nine thirty as opposed to eating at six thirty. No one saying you need to get off your ass and you need to go do something with yourself. There's no violence here, and I fucking love that for me. I love how when I am listening to myself, because sometimes I eat dinner super, super early. Like I'll eat dinner like at five o'clock. I pretty much eat supper and I eat like an old person. Like I make baked chicken, collard greens, green beans, broccoli, and then maybe uh, one starch um, if I feel like adding starch to my meal. And sure, it'll fill me up, but I sleep late. Like I don't go to bed till like one, two o'clock in the morning. So now it's 11 o'clock. I'm not sleepy yet. I'm not tired. And I'm like, shit, I'm hungry. So I would just like get some crackers and some fruit and not have to worry about somebody being like, "Ah, you're in the kitchen again. You're eating again. Like you don't have to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Like 
You take your little crackers, take your little fruit, drink a little bottle of water, and you take your ass to bed. Like, it's so, so peaceful. Um, so I've just definitely loved, loved that aspect. And I know th- from here on out, things will get better. And even before when I had referenced, you know, wanting a second job, I was like, you know what? My creative abilities and my creative outlet, that is going to be my second job. So the second job is going to be my podcast because, babes, I want the sponsorships. I want the commercials. <laughs> I want the sponsorships. I want to live a life not of luxury, but a life where I don't feel like I'm surviving every five to 10 seconds. And with that surplus and with that overflow, that not only I would help myself and my family, but my community members around me. That when I see people's crowd funds on the internet, I'd be able to donate $1,000 and it won't affect me. You know what I mean? So yeah, if I'm eating, y'all eating. It's all, it's going to be good. So yeah, I think this is a really good first episode to come back to. Um, I do want to mention that I do want to drop some new segments too. Um, I was thinking of doing maybe like an advice column type of deal where people like write things in to fluidflowermedia at gmail.com and you like tell me a story and I give my take on it. And then also doing things like, um, you know, I watch Drag Race. I watch Bridgerton, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, And then I would just give you my hot, honest, raw take. Maybe it'll be like a separate segment. It'll be like fluids, hot takes or let's dish with fluid or, you know, some shit like that where it'll be like a little clip, a little segment. And I would just, we would just talk shit. Cause y'all also, I really love this podcast cause we just get to get on here and talk shit like, and just, just let all of our feelings out. <laughs> Shout out to my therapist. But yeah, I am so excited to be on this journey with y'all. And I cannot wait to see where we are a year from now. So that's going to wrap it up for this first comeback episode. Um, I will see you all next week with a brand new episode. Love you. Peace out.